This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 183, recorded on September 4th, 2014. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska. A hot Bellevue, Nebraska today, and a cold one. We're having a 30 or 40 degree swing in a day tomorrow, and so warm today, cool tomorrow here in Bellevue, Nebraska. And of course, we post a show with four class show notes each week out at the Average Guy. Dot TV. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, you can contact the show. Send me an email, uh, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Collison. And now call in those questions. And again, I'm waiting for some really good crank calls. I can't believe I've given you guys the opportunity to crank call me and you don't do it. 402-478-8450. Really, I want your tech questions. So call those things in. Kyle's done that. Kyle, thank you for using that line from time to time. And uh, give that line a call, 402-478-8450, and we'll play those right here on the show. And now you can uh, find Home Gadget Geeks because it's a part of the Geeks Network. You can find the links to this show and many other really good podcasts out at the average, or I'm sorry, out at the Geeks Network, thegeeksnetwork.com. Dave just updated that with a few new items as well, so you might want to head out and take a peek at that. Join us in chat, watch, or listen live on YouTube and on Spreaker and find all the navigation that you'll ever need and all the tools out at the average guy. TV. All right, well, we're back to kind of another community podcast tonight. I'm super excited because a couple guys I haven't seen in a while. And, uh, and Nathaniel, I haven't seen you in a – I think it's been since spring. So yeah. welcome back. Good to have you. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I know it's been months since I've been on, but uh, been a faithful listener. Not always here live, but always catching up through the week and enjoying the variety of the show's content and um, guests. That's the best part. Yeah, you bet. Always good to have you back on, so I appreciate you coming Thank in. Thank you. And then uh, newly employed in a new location uh, and probably some other new things that we don't know about, Kyle Wilcox. Kyle, how are you? Hi, I'm good. <clears throat> and uh, Kyle, we'll dig into that here in just a second because you've got some, uh, I mean, you've, you've had quite a few changes going on in your life over here. Yep, in the last it's been a really big summer, so. Yeah, very cool. Well, welcome. We'll talk about that here in just a second. One big change I wanted to highlight just before we got going. Excuse me with the with the podcast here is that we've actually you know I've been trying to find a way to funnel some equipment, some tech equipment to our friend John Zadler up in Canada. And if you've ever tried NAFTA kind of messed everything up and if you've ever tried to ship anything from the United States to Canada, it's a mess. Right, and so I've I've been trying to get equipment to him. It's like thirty bucks to ship anything from the U.S. into Canada, and you gotta if it's new equipment, you gotta do some finagling, like put a birthday card in there so he doesn't get taxed, and it's just a mess. So uh, I've been struggling with that over the last couple years, and you know John, if you're a friend of the show, if you watch the show long enough, you know John Zadler. John's really good at getting equipment, testing it, tearing it apart putting it back together, testing it again. I'm just trying to figure out ways to get him equipment up there. And uh, and in last week's show, I th somebody in the chat room, it could have been another Jim or one of those guys, said, why don't we do an Amazon affiliate link for John? And I went, that's brilliant. Are you kidding me? Because the Amazon, the average guy, you know, the tech scholarship fund that we run here in the U.S., 
that account is only good for US. So if you're in Canada or if you're in the UK and you're purchasing using the averageguy.tv slash Amazon, thank you, but we don't get any credit for that. That those those affiliate codes only work in the in the countries that they originate from. And so that night I called John and said, hey John, let's set you up an Amazon affiliate link and uh, we'll have our Canada listeners, our Canadian listeners. Um, if you're if you're all inclined to use the tech scholarship fund and know that those funds are going to get funneled through John Zadler, so he can buy equipment, we'll have him on the program. He'll talk about it and test it. That's worked out really well for the U.S. tech scholarship fund. We now have one for Canada. So if you go to the AverageGuy.tv/AmazonCA. Now, if you're in the U.S., don't use that because that's in Canada. Okay, that's there. <laughs> that's their Amazon store, and it they won't ship it to you. You have to, so in the U.S. the average guy.tv slash Amazon, in Canada the average guy.tv slash Amazon CA. I tried to make it super simple for you guys, and so it would be great that uh, if if you guys could use that. If you're if you live in Canada or anywhere near Canada, or you get stuff shipped to Canada, or you buy things from Canada, use and you're going to use the Amazon link that benefits John Zadler. John will get equipment to test for us, and then he'll come on the show and talk about it. I thought it was a pretty good deal and uh, a great way for the community to do it that's cost-effective and efficient. So give that a try. I'll list that in the show notes as well if you want to go out to the link. But uh, And I have I honestly have no idea how many listeners we have in Canada. I know we've got quite a few in Australia, but uh, if you're willing to do that, maybe drop me a note this week, Jim, at theaverageguy.tv. Let me know. You'll use that link. Just kind of nice to know those kinds of things are going on. And I'll remind you with the Tech Scholarship Fund, if you want to test something, you'll try something out, uh, let me know. We'll buy that for you, send it to you. You can test it. And um, if, it, uh, if it works well, we've had one that didn't. <laughs> we'll talk about that at the meetup here coming up in September. But um, we'll ship it to you. You can keep it. And uh, I just ask you to come on the show. We'll write about it, and, and uh, you get to keep it. So that's what's new with the Tech Scholarship Fund, and I'm super excited to find a great way to get equipment to John Zadler because he's pretty awesome. I don't know. I like him, and uh, he does great work. So, Kyle, let's talk a little bit about – let's catch up with you a little bit. And uh, and I know this isn't necessarily all tech-related, but you're part of the community. It's important what goes on here and things that are going on. And your the job change that you have is tech-related. So tell us a little bit about your move and your move to a new job. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the summer first started kind of – getting crazy with the uh, first thing my wife graduated with her degree in graphic design on like March 27th to kind of kick off our summer so she was graduating obviously she's going through some changes looking for jobs um, and um, then we were kind of just you know where is she gonna get a job are we gonna move are we not gonna move am I gonna transfer am I to a different Best Buy all that kind of stuff and uh, we ended up buying our first house um, so that was pretty exciting and there's lots of I'm sure mo a lot of you guys have done that before and know um, kind of all the hoops you got to jump through with that and there's a lot of you know technology stuff gets involved in that in some ways too as well as setting up a new new um, Comcast subscription and um, just realizing some of the home automation things that I can try now that I actually own a house whereas before it didn't really make a lot of sense to try some of that stuff so uh, just been a lot of interesting stuff there and then um, so yeah my wife ended up getting a really good job that she likes right now that's about 15 minutes uh, north of us just probably like five miles uh, north or less probably. And you're in, nor um, you're in northern in Indianapolis? Area? Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
um, and then just you know still trying to figure out what I was going to do because the Best Buy that I was working at was about an hour and 15 minutes away from the new house and I was still kind of driving just kind of waiting to see what would happen and I'd applied for some technology jobs um, at like pretty much every all, look you know just looking at all the school districts in the area um, and seeing what was available and applied for several of them and um, just four days before school started um, I got offered and accepted the job that I have now so now five you know school hours five days a week um, I do technology at um, Westfield Washington School District for two different elementary schools um, and then evenings and weekends you know a couple evenings a week and Saturday I do I still do Best Buy and I transferred to a Best Buy that's only about 25 minutes away from my house um, so yeah it's been an adventure and all of both you know both so my wife and I have new jobs can I, yeah, can I'm work working both off? jobs. Yep, we both have new jobs, and we have a whole new house, and we have yeah, a lot yeah, of new. Congratulations, stuff, so. man! I mean, that's big. That's I mean, those are some big life changes. Yeah. In fact, like I think those are on the list. Uh, the the top five most stressful things. I think those yeah. two are in that top five most stressful things that can happen. No. To you. you did. No, I wasn't. It wasn't really life. that stressful. No, it was. <laughs> it was. It was good. We had a really good experience with everything. So you just don't have a lot of junk to move yet. You know, yeah. you're you're uh, you're young and and you guys haven't collected all the mess like you know, yeah. like I've got back here. Yeah. Um, I'd say avoid mu avoid moving as much as possible. Yeah, no, we're, we're we moved in and we got done with the last box after moving out of the apartment. We were like, we think we might just want to stay here for a long time. So. Yeah, yeah and it is nice to kind of to you know make it yours. You were in pre-show. You were showing me. You know, you got kind of your network rack up. Uh, you know, up on the top of the shelf up there, and and you got your gear gear up there, and you can kind of do your own stuff with it. You know, yeah. you had said to me earlier, you know, it didn't make sense to think about home automation until I had my own place to do it, and and so now you can kind of you can kind of mess with it. Careful that that home can be a very big time. <laughs> can take a lot of time away from you, or you can yeah. spend a lot of time on it. So good. Well, congrats. Good to hear that uh, that things are going well for you. The school job, you're brand new at that. Any big challenges that you're facing there right now, technology-wise? What kind of architecture are they? Is it set up? It sounded very different than maybe the situation Nathaniel's in. Yeah, um, I mean, they. I mean, I started four days before students arrived, and for about the first day and a half, I walked around with one or two of the guys on staff, and they showed me like. These are the basics, and here's your password. And then after that, they they went back to their building, and I was <laughs> I was I was just walking around fixing teachers' passwords and resetting things, and that was that was pretty much it. And it was you know, you got I mean, a day and a half of training. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty impressive. All right. So I I mean I. It, it was like I mean it was really a pretty perfect fit I mean it was it was a great situation for for in every situation I mean I feel like you know I this was had been a job that I've kind of almost been prepared for over just in all my experiences and having a teaching degree and working at Best Buy I mean it's I do have to know the technology, but it's a very much still a customer service job I mean I still have to inter you still have you you have oh, to yeah. interface with teachers and you know, be nice and be polite and, you know, make people understand and communicate well and all that kind of stuff. And the technology stuff, I mean, you know, 
turn on a computer, re, you know, reboot a computer, plug it in, make sure everything's connect, connected, plug in wires, connect to the network, change settings, you know, show teachers how to use stuff, you know, all that stuff is things I've been doing on my own. You know, any general tech person could do that kind of stuff, but you know, they just kind of showed me some of the basics and went up and running. So we're using um, Novell services uh, right now to run our network. So um, Novell logins, Novell Zenworks for management. Um, still um, using Novell Groupwise for email. Um, so yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, Man, I haven't seen that since 2000. You know, we were. I worked for a bank. Yeah. And in 2000, we were all Novell. So yeah. that, that is it. Are they upgrading it at all? Has it been upgraded recently? Well, so um, just this summer, they f did their Windows XP to Windows 7 migration. Oh, good. Good. Um, so Windows 7 then. So, yeah. Well, we have Windows 7 on most computers. Um, there are, I mean, we have 10 year old gateways, you know, Pentium 4s that still have XP on them. Yeah. Uh, and I get they're just kind of running them until they die, I guess. Um, it's kind of the theory, but I mean, they just they just need a, a web browser and a kindergartner to click on a link that opens up two plus two. That's all they need to do, you know. Right. So, yeah. Um, you know, I guess that's just kind of yeah. What that's it just is. Kinda, uh, Nathaniel. Do you guys yeah. have any Windows products still hanging around, or have you made it's the cool? completely? Yeah, to school. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we actually we're one of the few districts that's almost exclusively Windows, or at least used to be. Uh, most of the districts around are a good blend of Mac and Windows, and we have been historically Windows. Um, before I was there, they made a choice when Apple was split and it was not looking so good to go single platform, and um, that was prior to 1997, I believe, or earlier. But uh, since I've been there in four years, we've got more Macs, and now we have lots of iPads and Chromebooks. So it's multi-platform in the sense of lots of devices, but the majority of the workstations, laptops, desktops are Windows, and we're all Windows 7 with a few straggling uh, Windows XP here and there that we try to find, ferret out, and... Um, well, eventually they will just die, right? I mean... Well, we, we had a Windows 2000 hardware server die the... Um, Day before school started, the transportation department had a lightning strike, which sent a surge through a lot of stuff, and that Windows 2000 hardware finally died. So mm. I think we're all, I don't think we have any more Windows 2000. <laughs> so you're done, yeah. That's done, <laughs> literally. Just an act of God to take care of that one. <laughs> it was like, you, thou shalt not have Windows 2000 any longer. Good yeah. backups, though. Really? Yeah, we could restore oh, all the data. Good backups off-site. Do you get, Nathaniel, do you get out much with uh, individual teachers in your role? Or are you pretty much some? Yeah, uh, I get around to the building some. I'm usually working with techs like Kyle and um, helping them out or working with people directly. So I spent a lot of time at the uh, transportation department this last couple weeks, <laughs> uh, getting them back on their feet from the lightning challenge. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I get out some, but I, I'm behind my desk way too much. And I, I spend a lot of my time answering emails and doing that stuff. So what happens to a box like that when it was obviously you're not going to put another server back in, but you got backups? Yeah. So what so, did you guys do? Yeah, if we were in we were in transition to moving them from this hardware to virtual. The challenge is we can't get a fiber connection to that building, so we were on a dual T1. 
which is really, really slow when you're used to a 10 gig fiber. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we were in the process of moving into virtual. We had all the data backed up, so we were able to restore that to a new virtual server and then get the um, client or the, the vendor that ran their software, their specialized software, was able to take our backups, put it on the new one, reconfigure it, and they did. Um, we couldn't get him to run the app natively on the desktops at the bus garage, but the vendor worked out a remote app solution. Oh. So they were essentially, it looked like an application to them, but they're running a remote RDP session to the server, and the performance was hugely better. And that was new for me. I never had experienced that, but it was really quite impressive how well it performs over that small connection. So they had good enough bandwidth to get RDP right. through, but all the horsepower is on the server side. Yep. So the server ran all these uh, multi-client sessions for their maps and, and everything, and they were just doing screen refreshes, essentially. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that sounds like it fun. worked out pretty well. I probably just forced the upgrade, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, we were in process of doing it. It was just like finding a good time when we're not busy, and it just happened that God said, nope, you're going to do it now, and sorry, it's the first day of school. Now the time. Parents are a little concerned about their kids getting on the bus, but it was actually it was a really good experience for me because that team is amazing. So when it's go time and the buses are out in the morning and the afternoon, it's like air traffic control tower. The way they operate and work together as a team, and they've got walkie-talkies and radios and phones and emails, and they're looking up information and shouting back and forth in this room. It was, it was really humbling how well they function together and, and get this do- job done to basically get these children, these five-year-olds, transported around the city safely and from school to home and home to school. And It was really good. If you get a chance to go see your transportation department, Kyle, it was good for me. Just just sit in on a on a morning or an afternoon bus ride. Uh, we we did have a one of the gals I work with. Their child first bus ride, and he didn't get off uh, on the at the right you know at the stop they were supposed to, and so uh, they texted. I I missed the bus stop, and the bus driver was really good. He was like, "Okay, we'll take it. Let me finish the route, and then I'll swing you back around, and we'll, you know we'll drop you where you're supposed to go." So. It you know um, that is an amazingly complex setting, yeah. right? And those it's not like we that's the highest paid job in the world, <laughs> you know? No, uh, but I mean it literally, and I suppose every school district's like this, but they have all the students, all their home addresses, contact information, the database, uh, these maps, these routes, the buses are all on GPS, so they're mapping bus you know, from block to block to block. They're communicating via radio. I mean, they just have this very complex system to try to navigate it. And to have them on the first day of school and, oh, sorry, you don't get to use your computers at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, we got we got the network back up, but they couldn't get to their mapping database. They had hard copies of all this stuff. But it was, it was impressive how much they rely on technology. And it yeah. uh, just challenges us to be very good at our job to, so they can do their job. Were they set? Did you have them all up by day two? Partially. We had one person who could log into the database system and use it, but it took a few days to get the remote app install configured because they had not been using that before. Prior to that, they were all local. Right. Um, so, but it, it was good. Wow. Yeah. They're a very patient group. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, that's good because it's, I mean, these kids and parents and this is serious business, getting these kids from school to home and safety and... You know, I, I, it sounds like they take that very seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So, well, interesting. Kyle, well, back to your, uh, so a couple days at work, things going well so far, you're liking it. Uh, you know, it's a customer service job, right? I mean, and, and you know that you got to make friends of these teachers, and they'll treat you good if you treat them good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, you know, there's already, you know, some of them are already, like, bribing with chocolate. Like, you know, if you fix my computer, here's a snack or here's a Pepsi or something, you know. So um, that's always that's always a score day. So oh, they may fatten you up over there. <laughs> I have to be careful about that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. You know, there is something about, and I and I don't, I, I do less of this all the time. But there's something about first level support that I just, I really like. I like yep. being boots on the ground, up yep. front, helping people with their problems, and it's hard. You know, especially when you get a problem that goes sideways on you, and you can't necessarily, you know, 80% of the problems you just fix right there. Oh, you know, you were talking earlier about a shortcut, right? And like, oh, my, my shortcuts disappeared. My parents were this way. You know, my solitaire shortcuts disappeared. <laughs> and they freak out, and then I can't do anything, and then you, you, so you go find it, right-click, you know, save the desktop, and then you're the best, <laughs> right? Yep. That goes, yeah. Um, but every once in a while, you run into a really hard problem, or you'll run into a problem that, and we've all had this. If you listen to the show, you've probably done frontline tech support. You've had that problem that no, with that person that no matter how many times you've tried to fix it, it just doesn't take, yeah. right? And and you know, and it always goes down at their worst possible time. And you, you say yeah. you've got it fixed, and they're on the phone to you the next day. I know you said you fixed this, but it's broken again. Yeah. And those are the hard yeah. ones. Or or the answer is, uh, well, the district doesn't have the money to pay for that, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, you're the messenger, right? Yeah. At that point, yep. so yeah. Well, good. Congrats on that, and uh, we'll look forward to. Uh, you're going to learn a ton, man. It's going to be yep. a great, a great experience for you. Uh, the plan to stay on at Best Buy. One, it's cool working at Best Buy, right? You get access to kind of some of the new stuff that's out there. But uh, is that uh, short term, long term, just for now? Um, the you having both happens? jobs is the long term. I mean, is the plan right now? So, um. It's going to let me put in more hours and generate some more income, try yeah. to pay off some student loans, all that kind of stuff. So. That's a good call. Paying off student loans is a good call. Yeah. Well, work it. You're young. you got a strong back. That's Kyle, are you, in a, are you in a Best Buy Mobile or a full Best Buy store? Yeah, yep, a Best Buy Mobile. I knew that was your area of expertise, so yep. I was just curious if you'd migrate yep. just, to Big Box. No, I'm just, I've just, uh, let's see here, the last, just over two years have been in the inside the mall stores, so. Are you on your feet all day? Mm, yeah, it just depends on. I mean, if they're if we're doing an activation, they're we're sitting down at, behind the desk and stuff. So, it just depends. Which takes like two hours now. It it can take like it can definitely take a while for yeah. those cell phones. Yeah, it's it's, it, crazy, it's so like. complicated and there's so many new plans and stuff and the customers have questions. They're like, how long is this gonna take? And I'm like, well, how many questions do you have? You know, you just spent 30 minutes asking me questions and now you're asking how long is this gonna take? Well, I mean, if you knew which one you wanted 10, 20 minutes ago, we would have been done. You know, so. But yeah, yeah. Well, you got a lot of customer service stuff. Anything from the phone, real quick? Any, any, like what you're seeing in the phone space right now that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, I mean, like the, I mean, the industry is really just shifting away from contracts into the, you know, kind of 
financing your device or making installment payments on your device and stuff. So, you know, pros and cons on both sides for that. So there's kind of the way it's going. But it, the main thing is it's letting people upgrade faster because people were sick of waiting two years to upgrade. So that's kind of the main motivation. But um, that and, like, um, I mean, I think probably the, kind of the first kind of the first new thing we've seen in a while is uh, ju I think just yesterday Samsung announced the Galaxy Note Edge um, and pretty much the first change in the shape of a phone in years because um, now it has literally has an extra screen on the edge of the phone itself so you have your regular screen and then the edge of the phone is an additional screen to like have play and pause buttons and random stuff like that so it's going to be interesting to see what, what comes out but and they just did they just announce that I heard that but I have not been following that that's not in store I think no yeah I think it's like October or something okay. but coming but up yeah, so. I'm already hitting buttons that I'm not supposed to be hitting what happens when those things are on the edge <laughs> yeah right I don't oh my know. god what do you think what do you think of that I mean it's all these it, things all the time yeah I mean it hasn't come well, I haven't played with it yet but I mean it looks like in I mean something there has to be the next thing you know because I mean for like the last four years we've had a piece of flat glass, you know, and a right. screen, and that's all we've had, you know. And and LG tried to make one that was curved, and it was like, well, it, you just curved it. That's all you did. You didn't really achieve anything. So, um. so even though it's bit, it looks like I'm looking at the picture here. I found yeah. Note Edge preview. It looks like curved glass, and then they have little icons under the glass. Are they like soft buttons? Yeah, it's not, well, not it's like an no, it's an extra, it's an extra 160 pixels of screen um, <laughs> and I don't, just on the right side yep so yep. it curves down the right side and then it, so you would have in this case I'm looking at that too Nathaniel it's got icons down there so it's yep. moving instead of having them along the bottom it's moving them up along the side yep. but it's extra it's on the side why wouldn't you want them on the side <laughs> I, don't, I don't know we'll see it how looks it goes interesting though it does yep. kind of look interesting and Nathaniel what do you think as you look uh, at initially I, I'm reluctant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of crazy I, looking. It looks kind of cool, and if like I'd be interested in how it works, but I can't see myself using it day to day. But um, hmm, we'll see. Like yeah. Kyle said, if we don't innovate and try new things, you never get anywhere. So I'm, yeah. I'm all in favor of trying new things. I just don't know that I would use it. Yeah. Where do you yeah. put your case? <sighs> Well, I'm sure they'll come up with some kind of special case for it, right? When, when the when the Note or when the uh, original Galaxies came out, the S3s, I think, they had that special feature where you know when you'd close the case, the clock would stay, you know, they that they have mm. that opening right here, and the and the clock would. In fact, my phone still does that. I don't have that opening, but it, you know, behind the scenes, you can kind of see it. See how that. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. yeah. Um, which is crazy. I should probably just turn that off. But the, <laughs> the you know it's interesting. They're 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 trying these new, and that's not earth shattering or anything like that. But um, so is it too hard for me to turn my phone ninety degrees to read the screen? <laughs> it just I'm I'm yeah. just sneaking a glance under the table. I don't have to flip my phone up to show everyone that I'm looking at it. I'm just looking at the edge of it. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just kind of an edge. Yeah, well, interesting. And and Kyle, you haven't seen it in the wild yet, so no, that, that's kind of a ways away for sure. Yeah. But. Well, interesting. I've kind of found phones kind of, I don't know, kind of gotten boring lately. I mean, it's just if you cover them, you talk about them too much, 
you're right. It's still a flat piece of glass with a few changes, and you know, it's it's. We did have. I mentioned when we were on vacation, Sarah sat on her phone or did something, and it drove a rock right right through the digitizer. I mean, it crushed the screen and the digitizer. They're gone, and uh, it did some wild things. And so I'm considering buying that. You know, for I think 150, 160 bucks, you can buy them together. And then swap out screen digitizer with the motherboard on the old one. Put it in. There's videos I've seen to do that. I think I'm going to give that a try. Have you ever done that, Kyle? And and you probably don't. You never mess around with them in the store like that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it a spin. So it's um. It, we'll we'll see how it, we'll see how it goes. And it, I guess I'll be out 150 bucks if I can't make it work. I was impressed when you uh, mentioned you were going to start doing that. I thought that's a good that's a good challenge. It's kind of fun to sit down and say, "Okay, I got all my gear right here. I've got all yeah. the parts. I got the instructions. I got the ice cube trays for screws. I'm gonna give it a go." As you know, uh-huh. I yeah, think that's great. I watched the video twice and watched him go through. I even um, I even took my phone apart at one point. You know, pull the case off, pull the back off. Use your finger and pop the, you know, there's a there's a band around this kind of mm-hmm. they call that the case, <laughs> you know, which is just the band around the phone. You pull that off, and you really get access to everything at that point uh, underneath the hood. And I there's just it's funny, it's not too different than the old PC, well, our, the way our desktop PCs are today is how you can replace parts. It's gotten to that point inside these phones where yeah, the connections are a little bit. Smaller, and you got to be careful about how you pull those connections off. You might want to use a plastic tool to mm-hmm. flip the thing out. But there's just uh, on the Galaxy S4, there's just a connector right here, and it, you just literally just pop it off. And then I took because we wanted to get some data off her phone, so I took my phone apart, her phone apart. I put my screen on her phone, and then turned it back on, and and we it allowed us, you know, to get That's in crazy. there. And, yeah, it was. A, and you know, I'm not that. I mean, I'm I'm a tech guy, but I'm not that kind of tech guy. And so they're getting easier to, I think they're getting easier to work on. And they're modular in here, right? So the, the parts are very, very modular in the way they're put together. And, you know, take the speaker out, and you take the antenna off, and you take the, the you know, the thing that goes, whatever they call that. And, you you know, you pull those pieces, and then the motherboard comes off, and you just take it over to the other one and put it on. There's like eight screws that hold the whole thing together. And you're in. So I was like, all right, let's try it. You make it sound so simple. Well, it wasn't as it was, kinda. I'll be honest. I I was like, this should this should be harder for me than it is. And uh having the right tools, which ironically, one of the right tools is a guitar pick. That's what they show you. And the, to get this one part off, they're like, okay, take this guitar pick and then put it in there and you know, snap. So all right. Well, uh, let's um, Nathaniel. Let's dig in a little bit on you. I want to talk. Uh, and you you piqued my interest a little bit because I've been talking about Mediafire for a while. Yep. And I don't know if you bid on that because I've been talking about it or was something you're using before. Yeah. But, yeah. It's because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You do so well for my wallet. Thanks. Um, well, I, I saved you some dollars. That you yeah, know, I I'm not complaining, but I don't think I'm the only participant in this group, uh, this broad group of yes. enthusiasts that ends up spending a little bit more money through the Amazon affiliate link, and yeah, we appreciate that. It goes know. back into the yeah. I do anyway. So um, I was looking at cloud storage options, like always, and with the new reviews of things coming and and the new um, additional storage and price changing, I I wanted 
to look at it some more. I've always loved Dropbox like everyone because it's always the easiest to use. It's got all the features. It integrates with everything. But I don't want to pay the Dropbox prices, and I don't totally trust it um, for security either. Um, I tried Spider Oak for a bit, and I think that's a secure one because everything's encrypted first on the client and goes up, but their interface is a bit goofy, and I don't want backup with it because I use different tools and so I tried Mediafire out um, per your recommendation a while ago and it's real easy to use and um, I did bite and pay 25 bucks for a year for a terabyte because that's you know oh, it's so cheap it's like taking someone out for lunch and then you're done but um, one of the things that piqued my interest with it is the auto camera upload and I know OneDrive does that, and I know Dropbox does that, and I know iCloud does that. Now you have an iPhone, and I use iCloud, but I kept hitting that you're out of limit, you're out of storage on iCloud, pay another 20 bucks for 10 gigs. And I, I like that because of the convenience of knowing my iPhone's been backed up every night. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to plug it in. It's um, a nice security, but I hate, like a lot of people lately have been talking about how their iPhones have gotten full. There's just no more space, and you can't add the SD card or micro SD, and it's always full of pictures and stuff. So I thought, well, I don't want to pay an added expense to Apple to back it up. So I tried Mediafire, and it has that auto camera upload. So I thought, well, this will take care of it. I'll turn off camera backup in iCloud. I can still use iCloud for the settings and some of the app stuff that I'd want to be able to restore if I lost it but I don't need the camera. And uh, I don't have a ton of storage on OneDrive, and I don't really use that as much. So I thought, I only want this to be a way to get my photos backed up automatically. I don't have to worry about it until the next time I copy them to my iMac and put them in iPhoto, where I have them stored permanently, sorted, tagged, and then backed up with CrashPlan. So I was really just looking for that. And it's worked pretty well. It does not back up. Uh, super fast, but I had about 2,000 photos and videos on my iPhone, and it's about 900 done. So then I've been going through trying to delete a whole bunch I don't need, and that's a tedious process. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's difficult. And I, I keep saying, oh, well, I like that photo. I want to keep this one of my kids, or I saw this one. It was so funny. I didn't want to take it off my phone. It's not that I sit there flipping through photos on my phone. It's just some weird mental connection to having the photo on my phone. But um, it works fine, and it runs in the background, and you can say don't run on cellular, which is nice. Um, and now I've got that going. And I was also intrigued when you had him on, especially about the, uh, I believe he talked about transcoding video on the fly to watch on a mobile device or desktop automatically. So I was playing with that. I loaded some movies, and um, they all worked fine and pretty well, except for if they were formats that don't play natively on the iPhone. So for me, I can't play WMV, AVI, things like that. Um, I didn't put an MKV file <laughs> up there. Don't need that. But um, all the other stuff worked. MOVs, MP4s, uh, M4Vs. So that that's pretty nice to be able to do that. Even took a pretty big 2.5 gig file, uh, a DVD rip, uh, just fine. So I like that feature. It's nice and clean. The web interface is clean and it's crisp. It plays the movies crisp. I was surprised at how crisp they were. Yeah, I did it on Android, and I was like, "Wow, this is now." It's not just because of them, but I just I hadn't done that. I hadn't tried that before, and it was just crystal clear. Yeah, let me see here. 
web video. I'm trying to play a WMV file on this PC. Yeah, there it goes. Yeah. No problem. You know, on a PC, it'll play a ton of different stuff. I yeah. Mean, you're right. It's got to be the, the you know, the, it's got to be on the end. It's playing. It's got to work on that side too. But right. And I ran into that when I was using that Seagate Flex, GoFlex. As long as the file format was supported on the device natively, it would play. And if it didn't, you could use a workaround like VLC player, something like that. Um, so I like the interface. The other thing I discovered, not on purpose by accident, but when you install Mediafire, they want you to install their app on your desktop mm -hmm. or the mobile device that will do a sync. And you put all your stuff in there, and it syncs like Dropbox, which has utility. But I, didn't, I, I said, no, I don't want to install the desktop. I want to just upload to it. And what I discovered is you can do both. So I can have a folder that syncs to my desktop. So I put it on the right folder in the desktop, and it copies up to Media Drive. But I also can take files and put them up into Media Drive without having to store them locally anymore. Right. And I've been looking for that for a long time. So, hmm. And I used to use Jungle Disk, but the, the transactional costs and things, it just didn't seem uh, worth it. So having a sort of a drive in the sky that does not have to be a sync that I have here, and maybe I have the file backed up somewhere else, is really potentially useful as you move towards mobile devices that don't have tons of storage. So a laptop that's only 128 gigs, if you had a network-connected drive, essentially, in Mediafire, you can store a lot of stuff that you don't need very often, but it's nice to get to. Um, that seems like a really nice feature. No, it is great, and that's actually the way I use it too. I don't, I haven't installed their so their software. We use it for the video large and video small for this podcast. So yeah, if you're if you're subscribed to those, that RSS feed points to MediaFire, and I actually get some download stats, which is kind of cool. That that I can see how many times that file's been downloaded. Kind of, I, I want to say kind of natively, like there's not a report, but in MediaFire here, I'll, I'll show you the. You have the, the the web business interface. the business version that has advanced statistics. Yeah, I do. Well, not advanced statistics. No, oh. I just have the I just have the paid version that uh, that get. Well, I'll show you the stats here in just a second. Cool. Let, me, let me bring these. They definitely what? promote sharing. I mean, every file and folder has a little link on it saying, "Hey, do you want to share this? You want to share this?" And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that that's good. an old that comes out of an old. That was their original roots. Was in media and media sharing and music. I mean, they in the interview, you know, they've been around a while, and uh, and they that kind of was the original roots. And now they they're changing a little bit. And he said in that interview, you know, that they're really working on. Imagine if you don't even have to think about the file from the. They they want to get you away from playing files, and they want to get you into playing media, and so that all that stuff is transparent. So you're just your music. It's your music. It's not you know, your MP3, so to speak, the file structure. And so I don't exactly know what that all means, but they're they're really working hard at getting that streaming experience down for you. So put your stuff up there. Let us take care of the streaming is, is kind of what they're saying. So if you look, it'll be hard to see here in, uh, in you'll have to, in, in the screen, but, um, and I'll go to Home Gadget Geeks Video Large. If you look at the the files here, and you come over here, it says downloads. So I have 41. Oh, yeah. yeah, gives me the file size if you can see that. Yep. So good enough for me, like from a podcasting standpoint, it's like, oh, cool. I know, I know how many times that file's been downloaded. And um, the other thing I liked about it, and of course, 
I'm I'm like you. I didn't even install the app, and I just go to the home server. And when I want to upload something, I save it on the home server so it gets backed up to Crash Plan, and then I drag it off the home server straight onto uh, there to onto the web page, and then it just it just uploads it. And that's not new technology, but it's it works really well for that. Now, do you ever hit any file size limits where you have video files too big to upload via web? I have not loaded. Their 10 gig is their limit at this point. And, Over the web? Uh, mm -hmm. Web upload? Web upload up to 10 gig. No. Ah. Yeah, 10 gig. Mm -hmm. That's what he told me. That's what they told me in the interview uh, when we had them on the interview. And Because I asked the question, I'm like, so why 10 gig? And he's like, well, Jim, we got to have some kind of limit. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, he's like, you can't just be un you can't can't just be unlimited. You got to have somebody will try it and break it. You know, type deal. Um, and so the other thing that I, you know, like some other services, I have a public folder and a buddy of mine I created for a buddy of mine and set him the private link to it. Um, he has wedding uh, photos and videos from my son's wedding that I want him to upload to that to that drive. So I just gave him that link and said, here, upload them here. Then we don't have to monkey around with you giving me a hard drive because there's, you know, almost 200 gig worth of of uh, of stuff that he created. The wedding photographer created when for the wedding, and so he's he's going to move it right up in there for me. Hey Jim, um, how are you? How do you get your MP4 videos? Did you just strip them out of YouTube? Yeah, so I download them natively out of YouTube. They're MP4 when you download them out of there, and then. Edit them, you know. I edit them in Windows Movie Maker, and 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 it actually bloats them. It doesn't make them smaller; it makes them bigger when when I create them because it adds music to it and some other things. And then um, uh, save those as a as a MP4. Um, and then I run for the video large. I run Handbrake for both of them, so I drop them into Handbrake and do a. I think one's in nine nine. Hold on, let me let me open up Handbrake real quick here. So I run one 960, so 960 by 540, that's video large. And then I run 320 by 180 for the video small. Yeah, the the elementary schools I'm working at do, well, the I'm not sure about the other one school, but the, one of the schools does, um, they have the kids like do morning announcements and they call it a podcast and we publish the video <laughs> every... Um, that's awesome though. Every every morning, so I mean, they have a sound recorder and they have kids doing all the jobs and press and play and press and start, and it gets pushed out over video to all the classrooms and stuff. And I, my job is to just go in and upload the. And what do they record in? I think we is it MP4. I don't even know what file we probably, upload probably in. Probably is MP4 is pretty standard. Um, but yeah, yeah, I export it's it's I export it out of Movie Maker on an. Yep. Or on a, well, no, actually not movie. iMovie on a Mac is what it comes into. So I, whatever file they do, I don't know. But Generally, I was just, they'll export as MOV. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. But um, so I was just wondering, like, like um, what you were, where you were getting those videos, or if you're just yeah, basically just taking it out of YouTube. I don't. Yep. Kind of thought about like asking them, hey, do you just want to make this a hangout and then it's done and we don't have to think about it anymore and we have the video and it's saved and it's already on YouTube and the whole. So I don't know, just kind of research and ideas. It's incredibly right. convenient to do it that way. I mean, I can't, I can't think of an easier way to get it done. One, and I did these nine podcasts today out at nine interviews and they're twenty minutes each. 
sat down, talked tech, and it was one right after the other. Bing, bang, boom. Get in, you know, get in, talk, shake their hand, and by the time they're leaving, the next person's coming. And we just did one after the other. It was incredibly convenient to go into Google Hangouts last night and set up all those Hangouts in advance and have them all set with their name and who they were and what time they were starting at. It created events for me. And then I just went into the events page, and you could set up those weekly ones a week in advance. You could have them all set up and ready for them. And then they just go in, click on them, and click start, and boom, they're in. And then when they're done, transcodes it, moves it to YouTube. It's available in 15 or 20 minutes. Download it if you need to or leave it on YouTube. Make some minor edits to it if you need to. So, um, so you're having what... YouTube do all the heavy work for you. <laughs> yeah. No, right on. It's yeah. like remote app. Like we were talking earlier. Yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's. I interviewed a guy from Adobe today, and I and in as part of this process, he's a tech evangelist for Adobe. And I said, why are you guys not in this space? Why are you not? You know, you have all the editing software. Imagine the power of creating a podcast like this on an Adobe platform, and then being able to run that through. All the you know whatever right whatever whatever products I need to clean up my audio or clean up my video or I mean that's what Google is missing with Hangouts is their their editing tools blow and there's no great you, sure you can create these but man try and fix them on YouTube after you're done it's it's horrible right it's a terrible experience imagine having all the access to the Adobe tools online to be able to get that done that would be cool. You would just rather have uh, just have Adobe do the processing on their servers, and you just click through the web interface, and they do all the heavy lifting. Right on, right on. Because ninety percent of the time for podcasters, how much do I really need to change? Not that yeah. much, but it would be great to run a leveler and run a normalization tool, and maybe take out some background noise, and then run it, you know, and let it do its thing. I mean, they could own that space. Adobe could, but. They were like, well, no, not today. <laughs> All right. All right, sounds good. So um, so we digressed a little bit, uh, Nathaniel. So any other thoughts there on, on Mediafire from your side? Yeah, I mean, I like it. It's It doesn't look complicated or fancy. The account stuff is easy to read. I'm using 5 gigs out of a terabyte so far, so it's kind of nice just having that. Um, the other thing I tried uh, was Jolie Cloud. Or Jolly Cloud, yeah, which is knows. another <laughs> aggregator tool that you'd talked about, and and it works pretty easy. I've just got the free account, so I tied it to Box and Dropbox and Google Drive and Mediafire and OneDrive, and they kind of advertise like you can get all this free space by aggregating the different free services, and I, I understand why they say that, but that's not how I work. I have folders, and I put things in folders for reasons. I don't just throw it wherever. <laughs> <laughs> but and and you use tools differently, you know. So I do different things in Google Drive than I do in Dropbox or in OneDrive. So it's a nice interface. The reason I wanted to try it out is it's all web driven, so it signs into those accounts. I don't have to have an app installed. I don't have to have a sync connector, and I can see the different files. And so far, the little bit I've been testing with Google Drive, it's pretty good, even though it's outside Google Drive. So I've been editing the show notes which is a Google Doc, inside Jolie Cloud. So it works very similar to being in Google Drive natively. So that's kind of a nice thing. I've been using a Chromebook this week as my travel computer, and it's been pretty good. I'm trying to really force myself to use it more. My hang-up right now is I do a lot of RDP, 
So there's an app Chrome RDP that works pretty well, but we don't have a Chrome OS ready VPN yet. So that's that's been a drawback for me. But um, I talked to our network guy today, and he's like, "Yeah, I can probably do that, and just give me some time." And he said, "How urgent is it?" And I'm like, "Well, it's just me, <laughs> so it's not urgent, but it'd be nice because I'm trying to do this." And yeah, it's hey, that kind of learning that benefits us all in the long run. Let's go back to Julie Cloud for a sec. Yeah. I threw that up on a screen share, and I I've been working on these. I updated the cloud storage guide, so if you haven't been out there in a while, I did some updates to that. But I've been looking at these three, Otixio and Jolie Cloud. We've been talking about this on the home server show. Yeah. And the uh, the third one. Um, it'll come to me here in just a second. One of the things that I have... Um, I'm on the dashboard, and you're right. I mean, look actually, look at how similar Mediafire is. There's Mediafire. There's Jolie Cloud, right? Mediafire, Jolie Cloud. It's like the same guy designed the interface. They are super, super close. Uh, when it comes to what they look like. Here's what I like. All the way over to the right is this little pie chart, and it tells you how much storage you have left on that device. And it's a, this real visual, like, you know, so, like, oh, crap, my Google Drive's half full already. Um, and you and you said, I had no idea I could I could access the, you know, you said you did the show notes from within it, right? Yeah, so, so it opens up it. in a preview, and then you can click, well, I don't know why you've got that white bar up there. Oh, wait, hold on. I just went to the... Went to the there we go. We're back. See, I Oops. had a thing that would say... Oh, uh, I need to relink. you about box. But yeah, yeah, up at the top, right. I have a button that says edit on the left. Yeah, not right even Google Drive, but just edit. And then it it looks, you know, not as all the features, but pretty native to Google Drive. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. One of the things I didn't, I haven't liked about this, uh, and we'll go back to to that, is that it only allows one account per on Jolie Drive it, on the free version. It only allows one account per drive. So like, I have yeah. two one drives because I have one for one account, one for another. I would want to bring in here. I want to bring them both in. In this one, it limits you to one per when you go to add. This has a and it has a pretty limited Jolie Cloud has a pretty limited data set that you can yep. draw from, where Otixio, and I'll just bring that up, right? Oh, gee. I, that right? Otixio, did I get that right? Yeah, that's... Your it's link not, on the uh, cloud storage guide didn't work for me for some which, reason. Which one? For... The Otixio. Oh. I'll have to fix it. No, it, yeah. Yeah. But do but they have a lot more options? Yeah, look at... I mean, here's all the options that they have available there. Um, if you can, you, are you guys seeing my screen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, they've got a lot more options available um, to to draw from, and they also only offer one per. Let me go out to. I'm for some reason the name of that third service is escaping me. Are you out is of it my multi cloud? Multi cloud or multi cloud, I think is what. And this was one actually Rennie had suggested that we take a peek at. Um, and so we've been kind of looking at them, and I've been looking at them off and on here, just trying to get a kind of a grasp on, because now we're to the point where cloud service is kind of, yeah, and it's like, now how do we take all this data and do something with it? Here's the, here for Molt Cloud, here is the dashboard, and you can see, like, I've attached three of my Google accounts to it, and two of my OneDrive accounts to it, Dropbox, Cubby, Box, and if I wanted to add, they also, not as many as Otixo, but still a certain amount. So this is the Wild West, 
guys, this concept is now the Wild West. I mean, because look at all the stuff that's out there. Well, it looks like MultiCloud, from what you're showing, can connect to Amazon S3. So if you pay for that storage, yep. you get that, and WebDAV. So I'm guessing that means if you run your own WebDAV or server with that enabled, you can tie it in. I would agree. They have FP FTP as well here. Um, yeah, because we all run FTP servers. Well, in house. we do. Podcasters do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one, another one that I, uh, these cloud aggregators, I don't think we that we've mentioned before, and I, it was the first one that I had heard of, and I haven't really messed with hardly any of them, but um, StorageMadeEasy.com, and they support over 40, um, 40 different clouds, um, and I think they're based on Amazon S3, and you get five gigabytes free from them for doing that. If you click on, I think. Personal, and then, uh, no, that's for signing up. The personal on the, to the left. Mm, let's see here. Let me get out of this. Let me right on my screen. To the personal. Wow, right they there. want you to sign up before you can even look at it. There you go. Well, there's a link to get uh, to see the cloud list is what I was going for. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's see if I can. Uh, at the top. Right where it says features and then personal. Oh, there we go. Sorry about that. And then you should be able to click on, see where it uh, supports 40-plus clouds kind of near the top right. Yep, right here. Yep. So that's oh, all. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of options there. Um, I think they do the FTP and web dev and all kinds of stuff there. So Yeah, OpenStack. I didn't know HP was a... Was a service provider, <laughs> you know. But they, guess, they got some. They got some that are discontinued. They got Ubuntu yeah. and Live Mesh, and, um, right. and those don't exist anymore. Right. Um, What's that dump truck? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's one called Dump Truck. <laughs> right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, there's uh, that's a fourth one. I'll have to Kyle. I'll have to add that to my. Um, to my list of, of ones to look at. You know, we're trying to keep track of all the cloud storage single offerings. And then now, and, and Nathaniel, you mentioned one thing they've all said, and I think this is really deceptive. They're like, put all your cloud storage together. And when they say that, what that makes me think is, oh, I've got 100 gig a box and I've got 100 gig a copy. I'm going to put the two together <laughs> and get 200 gig. And uh, you're, you're muted, Kyle, but that's that's they don't mean that. Well, yeah, so I got a even though I signed up with them, I got an email saying, "Hey, connect with drive.jolycloud and you'll get a 152 free gigs by connecting every one of our services and the amount that they offer for free." Like I had never used Dropbox in my life before or something. <laughs> and so I kind of they got to have some sort of bait, but uh and it does tell you on their dashboard how much you've aggregated between the services. So I yeah. have 1,107 gigabytes connected between Dropbox, Google Drive, Box, MediaFire, OneDrive, and I didn't even attach Sugar Sync. But so it's kind of nice to know I have that much out there. But until you pay for it, you really can't take advantage of aggregating it. It's just a I kind of liken it to a single sign-on portal to my different drives. Yeah. But even that can be handy. Oh yeah, there's what value in that, like, especially. Oh. Web-based, one login, there they all are. Right. Now, if you pay for it, you can move files between services. So I yes. could take an MP4 out of Box and move it to Dropbox, or you can you can move things around and do the multiple accounts. But I don't remember what their upgrade cost was 
five Jolly Cloud? Yeah, it's five euros a month. Yeah, something like that. So I don't know if that's how we pay euros. Let's, let's but... say it's ten bucks probably. It's not two for one for sure, but seven fifty, something in there for mm-hmm. us Americans. Yeah, I don't need that. Uh, on the dollar. Well, and you know, uh, for some, that it's where it's con- incredibly convenient to move. I tried moving them around on all three services, and all three of them require you to pay. So if, you're, sure. if, you, if you think you're going to move them around, no, that's not going to happen. One of them I tried moving around, and it actually used my... It actually used my internet. It wasn't it, it like it automated the process of me downloading it and then uploading it. Oh uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not so, the point of it, guys. That's right. not <laughs> Yeah. Well we looked at Mover, right? Mover.io right, right, right. a while back. And that's their you know, they're they're really trying to be in that space to do that. I'm not sure these guys are thinking that all the way through. Well you know. I can think they'll get there. I mean that is Definitely a potential, and why not take advantage of the networks they're connected to and going straight across the backbone instead of down to the ISP and back up? Uh, yeah, but they got to pay the bandwidth. I mean, that's why they make you pay, right? They got to pay to have that moved. Well, but then I'm wondering if they're already paying for that bandwidth on their backbone, and it's among service providers. Does that somehow hit peering agreements and in and out synchronous, uh, not synchronous data? I don't know. Yeah, I I like the interface. I like that it's clean. I like that I can sign into four or five accounts. They'll probably add more. Mediafire looks good to me. I may start moving more things to it, especially because with Mediafire, like you said, you can share a link to someone to a folder or a document and not have to have them have Dropbox. And we can you or can do that with Mediafire, Dropbox too, yeah. but they don't have. Yeah, that's what I meant. They don't have to have Mediafire account. So. And I, I know all the other services can do that. It just seems easier to me. It was very easy. I'm impressed. And they're trying to do some new things. And uh, and so uh, they alluded, when I had Derek on, they alluded to some new things coming up this fall. So I think they're worth looking at right now. Even if you don't go with the free, you get 10 gig for free. If you don't go with the terabyte, I think it's worth keeping an eye on. It's one of the things. And by the way, I sitting behind me, if you see these boxes down in the corner, there's actually some Mediafire swag that's going to be given away at the meetup. So oh, they were nice enough. I said, hey, guys, you don't have to do anything, but if you want to send me some shirts or buttons or you know stickers or magnets or whatever you got, I'm going to be with a bunch of tech guys. So so send what you want. So LastPass so sent me a box. That's the one that's open. And then I just got the one for Mediafire today. So if you're going to be at the meetup. Sorry, Nathaniel, I know you can't make it. It'd be great no, to I'm have you there. Disappointed. Kyle, you have no excuse. I'm gonna be there. All right, sounds good. You were Kyle. You were muted a second ago, and we missed what you said. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> good enough. One thing I'll say about the drive or Mediafire still, we'll close it out. Yeah. Their picture preview on the web is great. You can do small, medium, or large for your JPEGs. You see that right away. The videos don't generally show a preview. It's just a, that standard icon. Um, music is just a standard icon. You don't get cover art on the web. And when you play it, it's just like a straight MP3 with no preview or interesting. But on the mobile app, at least on iOS, you do get cover art and previews of video stuff. So I, I don't know why the web doesn't show it on video and audio, but the mobile app does. So that's a nice yeah, feature. some native functionality, right, on the mobile yeah. app. But they're, they're not, they haven't programmed into their web app yet, maybe. Yeah, which is fine. I don't really you know, care that much, but it's just I notice it's like, how come I don't see cover art? I'm so used to the metadata around files, video and audio. Yeah. 
Uh, Tony says, Tony Rayner says, uh, five euro, six dollars forty six cents to get uh, the exact no. answer. Yeah, that's not so bad. Six bucks. So some interesting things, guys. Uh, the, I guess the point is in this, some interesting things to look at. We're now seeing cloud aggregation be the big deal, um, where we haven't really. I mean, a year ago, these there just there was nothing. I mean, there was a few, but not like we're seeing these mainstream offerings today of cloud aggregation and cloud management. And like I like the way you phrased it, Nathaniel. Single sign-on. It's yeah. kind of a single sign-on portable. If 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 you only use it for that, it's a great way to 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 go. Kyle, what are you? What's kind of your mainstay for cloud at this point? What what's your go-to? Um, uh, OneDrive. Um, pretty good deal getting a free terabyte with because I already had Office 365. Um, and uh, crash plan for backing up OneDrive and. Um, <laughs> Well, that's an industry standard. If you're not using, yeah, you got to throw in LastPass now. If yeah. you need to require. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm still down to my old remember it and keep some notes and good. I keep some notes in OneNote. So yeah, good. I keep, hint, I keep hints in OneNote. Um, I'm using. Uh, I think there were, the last home service show had some uh, storage spaces discussion, and I uh, it's working for me. So I mean, I'm not hitting it hard, but um, I actually this is great. I have. My my I only have one box that I can use for computers uh, at my house. So my computer dual boots Windows 8 and Windows Server 2012 R2. So <laughs> um, with <laughs> and I'm still and I still and I have and this is still running on a Pentium uh, processor. Um, you know it's a Sandy Bridge, but it's still a Pentium. You know I mean this is the, but it still runs Server 2012 R2. But anyways. Um, that storage space is viewable by both operating systems. So when I'm flipping back and forth, it reads the whole the storage space built right into Windows, both versions. And if I took those four drives out and plugged them into any other Windows 8 or Windows Server 2012, they would just pop right back up like nothing happened. So um, uh, it's working for me. Wow. So the storage space takes the drives, aggregates them? Yep. That, but it leaves it in native file format, so you can take them out and move it's, them. I don't think it's well. You can format them in NTFS or in Res or whatever the new one is, um, which I think I have mine in Res. Um, but it's not gonna like it's not. I don't think it's gonna read if you plug them into like even even Windows Seven or a Linux or something like that. It's not going to read them as NTFS until you get them. You has to be Windows Eight or Server two thousand twelve or newer. Um, but it will read the, after you get to that point. It will will do whatever it does in the background and make them exposed in NTFS or Res or whatever you want to see them in. But yeah, um, it's the same storage space that flips back and forth between a dual boot and reads it just fine on both of them. So. Cool. I'm still twitching a little bit from that discussion on storage spaces that we had on home server. Show. So, so thanks for bringing up old wounds. No, it's all good. It's all good. I'm still running. I what I need to do, you know, is I, I need to just fail the the server I've got, just rip one of the drives out, and then see what because it's basically become a crash plan server. So I've got a whole bunch of crash plan. Um, you know, I'm backing up my server to it uh, via crash plan and the sharing, the you know the French sharing option. 
and um, I should just rip one of those drives out and uh, and format it happens. and see what happens. Yeah, and I and the guys are right. I have not. I haven't actually done that test yet with storage spaces, or whether it's no, on Windows no. 8 or on Windows Server. So it runs fine, and I think it was one of the guys, and I think it's Drash News out there now. It's like, well, yeah. of course it runs great. It's when you have to recover it <laughs> that the problem starts. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay, he's right. He's right. So yeah, he's I, pointing I mean, out. Kyle, it's R E F S resilient file system. Yep, that's what that's what it is. And his comment was, it's software raid. You know, yeah, it's, that's, and yeah. that's, it's it's similar to Drive Pool, and the guys have been talking about Drive Pool, and I've been using that in my Windows Home Server 2011, and I really like Drive Pool because you just say, it's it's so simple for me to understand and do. Take this drive, add it to the pool. I want this folder to be duplicated or single or. And the one thing that really made me confident about using it is it says you can just take this drive out, plug it somewhere else, and it'll be native file system. You can still get your right. files. You don't have to rebuild a RAID. It's just sort of a logical way to store files, and I like the way I like that um, architecture, that design. And it's been solid for me and other people in the chat rooms that they've had good luck with it. Yeah, so. I think it's the community favorite. Right, that's the by far that's, and we've got an insider there too, which which kind of helps to have Drashna kind of on the inside, what's going on. So, um, yeah. So, Price all right. right well, not to it. not to rehash the home server show. I could uh. I could start crying if we. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So we wrapped up media fire. Any other? Let me look here real quick. Um. Any other thoughts, Nathaniel, on what you had written there? Yeah, well, um, on the cloud thing, I was just going to add a Dropbox. I was looking at some of my account settings on the web, and apparently I had connected 37 devices to my Dropbox account over the years, and some of them had said, or three years ago, you know, you had this computer connected to Dropbox. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's three years ago. It's long gone or been re-imaged. And so I just want to let people know they can go into their Dropbox account online and go into account slash security, and it'll show every device and app that you've allowed or authorized to connect to your Dropbox account. So I took that opportunity to go remove, 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 and get down to just the ones I knew I had. And... Um, Although I don't know that there's any security risk in having a gone non-sync device there, but at yeah. least the apps. So I just wanted to alert people to that. I didn't know that that was even there, but it makes sense. You know, here's historically the devices that you've authorized to Dropbox. Do you still want them? So if I had a laptop stolen, I might want to go in and check that and take that laptop off of the Dropbox authorization. Um, Maybe I'm just being paranoid, but I thought that was an interesting... Yeah, no, I think it's good practice. I mean, I think it's just, just again, if, if that was your PC, you re-imaged it, I'm sure there's some kind of a unique identifier yeah. that it puts in the software, that it just so it knows, right? And, then, and so the chances of someone putting all those things back together again and knowing your password, your username and password, and gaining access so it doesn't tell you that it has done that, are pretty slim. Yeah, I I can't think of a scenario that would be a risk, but someone probably could, and I just liked cleaning it up. I thought it was yeah. interesting they had that, and it's, that's a good, you know, kudos to them for keeping us yeah. aware of yeah. what we've done and connected to it. Probably the bigger thing is the apps that you've connected to, because exactly. if you've authorized, if you've authorized, you know, 
media well not media fire but mover.io and storage made easy and 16 other storage aggregators and you forget about one of them and they go bankrupt and somebody walks through their data center and starts poking around or so you know anything something weird like that there are more access is through somebody hacking through a third party and coming in through an app that you've still authorized and forgotten about yeah, right. So right now the apps that I have linked to Dropbox are Jolie Cloud and Notability. So those are ones I recognize, and now I have five computers connected instead of 37. I wonder how many I have. Let's take a peek here. I put the okay. link in chat for you. Yeah, I know. I just clicked on it, and I'm going to let LastPass sign me in. I've got to figure out how to get some swag without going to the meetup. Well, just ask me nicely. <laughs> I wish I could go. I, I don't even know what's there. I'll have to take a peek. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's too bad you couldn't come. It's how how far is it for you? It's it's a ways. Yeah, right? we flew last time. Yeah, it's great flight. Very enjoyable and easy and straight. And um, I don't. I think it's probably twelve hours. I don't know. Yeah. No, don't. Yeah. Next time, maybe every I, other year. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine devices. Attached to it, and then to Kyle's point. So, but some of them, like so, my 2011 box, which is active, and then a laptop that I've reimaged twice, and now is actually in somebody else's hands. That's still there, so I should probably should probably remove that one and unlink it. Although it doesn't matter again. Although my 2011 box is here twice, so it's it's seeing it. You know, the I redid it at one point in time, but named it the same thing, so I can do the one, I can get rid of the one that uh, is a year or, or more since I did that. A couple of Android phones are on there. You know, uh, the wife's, um, oh, there was a problem. No. I found a Blackberry on mine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody nice. can do it, Dropbox can. I have an unknown Windows device. A couple of Android, but the linked ones, Updraft, which I use for uh, to back up my my WordPress instances, that connects with it. Jolie Cloud, Dropbox for Windows Store, not sure why that. Quick Office, a Samsung device, Box Files for Dropbox, WordPress backup for Dropbox, and MultiCloud. So, Kyle, that's a great that's a great catch on that one too. To to make sure you check those linked apps. Yeah, because a lot of those on the a lot of the Android ones, you'll have you'll sign in with the Android app, and then you'll also sign in with the connector that's provided by HTC or Samsung. So that's why you get you get two, and you're authorizing Samsung or HTC to access your Dropbox as well in the background, in addition to the Android phone itself. So. Now I'm looking in OneDrive because it was pointed out that OneDrive has this feature. And I'm looking at oh, device backups them. in my OneDrive account on the web, and mm -hmm. it says backed up device settings, and it lists this desktop that I'm on, but it lists it by the motherboard manufacturer name. Interesting. <laughs> Gigabyte technology. I thought that was interesting. I'm looking to see where the show me the devices I've connected to OneDrive. Maybe that's it. Maybe I only have one. No, because I have my... Can't be. You probably got a few more. Yeah. Where do you? Yeah. Where do you go to get that in OneDrive? Well, that's what I'm trying to find. Come on, <laughs> chat room. Oh. 
Oh, uh, I, I did settings, and I, I mean, I see device backups, so I have yeah. three and is devices. Is yours listed by motherboard model? Um. Yes, I've got a couple. Of <laughs> I have. Uh, I have. Tablet computer yeah, ink. Yeah, mine. Mine says Dell Inc. and then parentheses the name of the. Yeah, computer. I got a Gigabyte Technology. That's what? that's this one. This the Studio PC here. That's Gigabyte, and uh, I've got a couple ASUS listed because those were the laptops. Yeah, and one says Lenovo. Wow. Well, good to know. It's a new new perspective to keep track of. Yeah, uh, Lopta says it's probably they're getting that from the MAC address. Um, yeah. What about uh, what about this this idea with Otixo and Jolie Cloud and and such? They right. It is a sing, It is a kind of a security. If they they get through that, they've got. I'm not so worried about them. I'm worried about maybe compromising that that account gets compromised and then they have access to all your cloud storage. Yep. That's been kind of like. I mean, because I had heard about that storage made easy a long time ago, and that's kind of why I didn't really, I never really did a lot with it, because I was like, I mean, I'm already, you know, by ha having my stuff on the cloud, I'm already trusting Google or Microsoft or whoever, but now I'm giving another third party, and it's just another layer of insecurity, um, so I didn't really mess around with that kind of cloud-to-cloud stuff a lot, yeah. because I was just kind of questioning if that's what I needed, and I didn't have a use for it anyway, so... Well, it is. It is. Um, I mean, I think I give like CrashPlan has all my data, right? I mean, they got yeah. everything. That's I. I keep. I back everything. You know, I do it local, and yeah. to the cloud, and to CrashPlan. And so that's really if if somebody wanted to get, they really wanted to hack my data, they would just hack my CrashPlan account, and um, yeah. they'd have everything. Yeah, it's just gonna kind of be deciding on how many, who, well, and how many do you trust. But Jim, with the crash plan, I have to throw in my two cents. Yeah. If you're just using, I was using trying to bait you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm reading over here, and then I hear this ding ding in my head. If you <laughs> if you use your username and password like most of us, then they hold the keys to it. But you can use the self-assigned key, and so unless someone were get to get your personal encryption key, which is going to be difficult, the data they have is encrypted by you, like LastPass. Yes. So they'd yes. have to get your key if you did that. But then you lose some features when you encrypt. It's encrypted anyway, but you know what I'm saying. We encrypt right. with your key instead of their key. I did that with my first account, and then I couldn't, and then I lost <laughs> and the password. And you encrypt it, yeah. <laughs> and I was screwed. And literally, I could not get it back. Yep. It was like, nope. And I'm, I was like, come on, certainly there is. Nope. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's done. And I tried all the passwords I knew, and yeah. and I'm like, all right, time to start over. So I had to abandon. I had to completely abandon that account. Yeah. And uh, start a brand new one. Uh, I don't do that myself. So I'm as much as I think it's a great idea. I yeah. value the ability to get it back if I screw up. Right. Over that security, and it's going right. to be me. For sure. Well, guys, we're at the hour 20. It goes so fast. Uh, Kyle, anything else uh, you want to throw in before we go? We cover. Um, Looks like we got to most everything on your list here. Yeah, I think... Um, uh, think keep good. us posted on your home automation stuff. You know, you're... You know... Um, Home automation is expensive, so you probably won't be running yeah. out and throwing a nest on the thermostat. Yeah, that's like yeah. yeah I I think a thermostat is on the list because the one I have, like you change it and it's just 
It's like, okay, I, like 20 minutes ago I told you to I turned the temperature up and it's the air conditioning is still blasting. So, um, But I, I would kind of like to get somewhat of a smart one, but I, what's the Nest? Is 200 bucks or something like that, I think? Well, the first gen, I think second gen are like 279 Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, that's probably out of the price range, but I'm thinking about maybe getting at least a little bit of a smart one yeah. on that stuff. So we'll yeah, see how it goes. Eyes open. You might... Find you know find something on a deal or a loot deal or or you know they got big pockets now that they're owned by Google so maybe maybe something will uh, will go on sale. Yep. And I think I I'd like to get um, smoke. I think I just thinking about smoke detectors. I was like you know in an apartment you know if something happens it, every somebody else is gonna know and call and they're gonna get the fire department. But if there's a fire starts in one end of my house and I'm not we're not home it's gonna burn through the whole house before we find out. If I got a text. When one and one end went off, and I could call the fire department, that could save half the house, you know. So um, that's something I started. I was just like, oh, I didn't think about that before. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got some stuff to think about as you retrofit the new smart home, and uh, and I haven't done a lot of those. I want to put a nest in. I think Sarah would kill me if I if a <laughs> nest showed up. Two hundred dollars. Are you? She's like, look, see, look at that. It says seventy four. Guess what? It stays at 74. <laughs> you know, and we are, we do, she's around a lot. So it's not like, you know, we're the typical house where she's gone and, you know, nobody's in the house all day and, and you can, you know, monkey with the temperature. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've talked about it and every time I do that, I get the stink eye like, don't screw with my thermostat. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to leave that alone. So. And uh, Ken's putting a good word in for you for the tech fund, Kyle. So maybe the uh, the average guy tech fund will have to support some uh, some uh, home automation endeavors for you as we go forward. So we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Nathaniel. Yeah, I'm just laughing. <laughs> Mike said, "How big is your, how big is your house, Kyle? <laughs> it's gonna burn from one end to the other, and you <laughs> for a text." <laughs> well. It's not that bad. At least, at least if the fire department could get there to save a dog, you know. You know I understand what you're saying. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. It's never truly. Well, as we wrap things up here, we'll do a reminder that, uh, and you guys hang around for a little bit of post show, that uh, the Average Guy TV Tech Scholarship Fund is now in Canada. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. So use the Average Guy TV slash Amazon CA, all one word, that, and uh, and that those benefits will go to John Zadler. So if you uh, if you want to help. Uh, fund the John Zadler Tech Scholarship Fund to have him test some stuff. And that guy, can, that guy could tear some stuff up. So uh, use that one. Both of those links will be out in the show notes as well. If you're here in the U.S., continue to use ours, the the, the regular one. Though can, the Canada one won't even work for you, so just continue to use that one. Um, we got a newsletter out. Uh, faithfully, I used MailChimp to get the news. If you're signed up for the newsletter, it should have come to you on the first. It wasn't formatted very well, but it did come to you. And so uh, you got some information updated, and I am faithfully going to work on those the first or first week of every month or so, everything that's going on here uh, at TheAverageGuy.tv, any new stuff, new links, stuff you need to know about. If you're not on social media or you just don't have time for that, and that's okay, sign up for that. Head out to TheAverageGuy.tv and get on the newsletter list, and you'll get an email from me oh, once a month, I think is what I'll do from here going out. We talked about it a couple times. Home Service Show Meetup is coming up in Indianapolis on the 20th. There's still time to get in, and there's still a few spots left. So it'll cost you a whole $20, cheaper than a year at Mediafire, and uh, that'll get you lunch and access to the 
to the not much cheaper to be honest with you, but that'll get you a nice lunch and access to the the day. And a bunch of the guys that were the there last year are coming back. I get to see everybody who's registered, and uh, so it'll be fun to see some uh, friendly faces again uh, with some of the folks that are out there. And uh, and so join us. The link for that will be in the show notes as well, and you can go still get registered for that. I'm kind of it's that's coming up fast, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to kind of getting out of Omaha for the weekend and spending some time with you guys in Indianapolis. One last reminder, Ask the Podcast Coach on Saturday mornings. One, I, I love this show, but I'm really liking doing this Saturday morning podcast with Dave Jackson, and uh, it's just different. I get to talk about podcasting all the time, and because not every day I podcast every day, like or all day, like I did today, coming to the end of that. But uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live, Saturday mornings, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. Mike Howard's out there all the time. Again, he's a podcaster. Not all of you, actually many of you probably aren't, but if you want to come out and, uh, and join in, we have a call-in, which is kind of cool. It's kind of an 80s retro feel, like it's a radio show from the 80s. You can call in and ask your questions. Crank us if you want to. Give us a crank call there. That's fine with me, and uh, we'd love to hear from you on Saturday mornings. We're out every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. We've got a couple things coming up uh, next week. This one will be fun. John Nye is back. Keith Lunsford's coming out. We're not talking about cybersecurity. We're talking about copters. So quadcopters, hexacopters, both those guys have owned them and crashed them. And so we're going to talk about uh, those copters and what they've done. And that's a that's a fun that's kind of a fun thing. You know, you're you're in three three to five bills to get into a copter right now if you're going to do that. And uh, but it's kind of cool. A lot of folks are doing that now. And so. Both those guys are coming in and talk about that. No show on the 18th. We're taking that. To, I'll be out of town. And then we'll actually have a guy. i got some interesting ones coming up. So we, we've got the guys from Atsy, A-D-S-Y dot me, I think is what that is. And they build these little mobile apps, which are pretty intriguing. And so uh, it's, you know, if you want to, uh, like, I, I could build a mobile app, and, and, and it's a web link, and I don't have to submit it to the, to the Apple Store or Google Play. And it works great on the phone. And this, they're in the early stages of this, but this is really cool. These, they got some really cool ideas, not being held hostage by these stores, so to speak. And so, um, uh, Frederick from that is going to come on here on the 25th, and he's actually in Europe, so he's going to stay up early, late, whatever, and come in in local time. And then I, it's uh, we for for those of you who've hung around for a while. Uh, you know we've talked about Uptime Robot, and so that's one of those services that helps monitor your your, your websites and how often they're up and that stuff. So I contacted them via Twitter. I'm like, hey, will you come on? They said, absolutely. So we started talking about that. So Umut from Istanbul, that's where it's developed in Istanbul. had no idea. This is what's great about the global economy. And so Umut's going to come in. He, too, is going to come in at like 3 in the morning, his time. 8 o'clock and join us live. So that's coming up on 16th. So we've got some uh, we've got some good, interesting, I hope you're finding this interesting as well as some of our community podcasting stuff coming up here in the coming months as well. John Greenaway is coming back. We'll have Ryan Parker. Ryan Parker Parker's the food craftsman. We're going to have him back the week before Thanksgiving. Couldn't think of a better time to have a food guy on the podcast talking about cooking tech. So he's going to come on, share gadgets, some things you want to think about over the Thanksgiving holidays, how to cook the turkey, or whatever your tradition is. And so it'll be a busy, um, we have a really busy fall coming up. And I'm excited to do it with you guys. Thanks for coming out tonight. Uh, we'll do it all again next Thursday. Good night, everybody.